This podcast is brought to you by eHarmony, the dating app to find someone you can be yourself with. Why doesn't eHarmony allow copy and paste in first messages? Because you are unique and your conversations should reflect that. eHarmony wants you to find someone who will get you. How are you going to know who gets you? If people send you the same generic conversation starters, they message everyone else. Conversations that actually help you get to know each other. Imagine that. Get who gets you on eHarmony. Sign up today. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello, my name is Gary Mansfield, and this is the Ministry of Arts podcast, where each week I'll be speaking to a different artist. Now let's begin by bagging these bongos. Hello, 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 and welcome to episode 183 of the Ministry of Arts podcast. Firstly, as ever, a big shout to our Patreon supporters, without whom we would not be able to produce this podcast. And if you like what you hear, you can support us from as little as £3 a month. That's just like buying us a cup of coffee, right? Go over to the Ministry of Arts Instagram profile. You'll find a Linktree drop-down box which will direct you straight to our Patreon page. And if not, that's absolutely fine. This content is free for everyone. Well, this week I had the immense pleasure of speaking to Sakari Douglas-Kemp, and she's got a CBE nonetheless. Sakari is a London-based sculptor who was born in Africa's Niger region. And as you'll hear in this episode, although Sakari comes from a small village on an island, she had quite an extraordinary, almost fairy tale upbringing. Sakari is another artist that I've not met prior to this podcast. But as ever, after a few minutes, it felt like I'd known her forever. One of Sakari's sculptures that we speak about in this episode is called Homage to Carnival. It's outside the Design Museum and it's part of the Kensington and Chelsea Art Trail. That art trail was on until the end of August and has artworks all across the borough, some in some very iconic locations. And if you think there's too much walking on an art trail, it's even got a free art bus. So six weeks holidays, need a day out with the kids, go to Kensington and Chelsea and jump on the free art bus. But for now, come and join me as I spoke over Zing to Sakari Douglas-Kemp. I noticed that in city life now, you just you have to be under 30. Yeah, it's no good for me. No good for me either. No. So I'm I, just wondering where you go. Where do the old people go? <laughs> I stay at home and watch the young ones on the telly. Sakari, <laughs> uh, um, I have seven questions that I ask each artist. Okay. The first being, how would you explain what you do to someone that doesn't know your work? How would you explain your work <laughs> to someone that doesn't know your work? I, I, t- I joke about it, actually. I would tell them that I was a welder. Brilliant. And although I'm not ticketed, I'm not bad. I could fix your car. Excellent. Excellent. <laughs> um, um, and I would explain that I'm interested in theatre and dance and costumes. And at one time, I used to make kinetic work so that I'd nice. make work that shook and um, hit things. Um, and... Um, the particular work that I've done for um, Kensington and Chelsea Art Week 
quack um, <laughs> is uh, a piece about carnival because I Brilliant. felt so bereft yeah. without um, the idea of carnival going on in the summer, whether rain or shine, you knew that there was some drum beat somewhere and it made made you feel good. Yeah. yeah. And um, I missed that for two years, even though, you know, I, I don't exactly go and kind of dance all day or whatever, but just knowing that it's there has always yeah. been sort of reassuring. And so, like everybody during lockdown, I was looking for ideas because I felt useless as an artist. I I I made furniture I felt so bad about what I did <laughs> just to create yeah not only just to create but to be useful yeah useful yeah. because nobody was seeing sculpture because it went against the health and safety rules of covid gallery going yeah because they wanted you to go down a track as if you were going down um supermarket tracks if you went to galleries yeah. And when you see a sculpture, you perambulate, and that's against the rules. So <laughs> health and safety yeah. made it bad to show sculpture. And I thought, but, you know, sculpture is a thing that we have um, around us. You know, there's lampposts and railings and cars and buildings that are sculptural, yeah. and yeah. Um, they're outside. So maybe this is the way sculpture should go. It should just appear on the street for anyone to see so that you don't have to um, worry about, you know, going into a gallery, the Tate or a museum is such a kind of daunting thing to people sometimes because you have to go through huge doors and there's someone looking at you as you enter and stuff, you know. Um, so the safety and freedom of being outside seemed like a wonderful idea. So I put the proposal to, um, Kensington and Chelsea Art Week quack that I wanted to make work that could be on a on a float yeah and just be anywhere like a parked car um so that um people could come across it um in Kensington and Chelsea which was kind of ideal because of carnival but then you know as I did more research I discovered a man called Balsario and he does um, watercolours, and he did watercolours okay. in um, the 1800s, I think, um, in the Caribbean. And these watercolours were of um, characters that were carnival characters. I oh, I think I've, yeah, I've seen those. Yeah, everyone's seen those that surfs, yes. And um, I, I thought, wow. You know, this is what carnival used to look like. Um, and then I discovered that um, the, the people that dressed in these costumes could only do that three days in the year. That was their only break, was three days in the year. Brilliant. And looking at this man's watercolours, um, um, I saw that people dressed in sailors' costumes, they dressed in the the slave masters um um slave masters wives petticoats and um they made headdresses a bit like um admiral hats except the ones in balsario's drawings look like um colonial houses and um they look like um you know kind of um, uh, long boats yeah, yeah. Um, on people's heads but one of the particular um, um, sketches had um, you know what looked like a sort of colonial house with little bushes as if you know topiary bushes looking a bit like tea bushes yeah yeah yeah, I yeah. Thought, god that is just so cute and the detail and things and the balance of the figure was so interesting because it seemed as if the man was doing an Irish jig. And um, with studying um, the, the um, transatlantic um, slavery thing, they, they used to exercise slaves on these boats. And with any kind of exercise or dancing, um, you know, however dire you are, 
um, there are good endorphins that keep you alive. Yeah. Right? And I kept on thinking, well, there must have been some exchange between these um, slaves and the sailors, and maybe they learned Irish dancing, which is so unusual to a West African because, you know, um, the, the you know, Irish dancing has people with their arms tied behind their back. <laughs> yeah, you know? yeah. And you think, wow, why would you restrain yourself in that fashion? But, you know, it takes all sorts, doesn't it, in this world? So I was really interested in that as an image because it reminded me of servitude yeah. and, and being restrained, which Irish people were. Um, and um, so I, I made um, a whole exhibition <laughs> um, with these characters who are called John Canoe. And it's, it has a really peculiar spelling, or you can say John, and then canoe was in paddle boat. Yeah, 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 yeah. And um, and this John Canoe character was the illustrated char character that I saw on the internet. And I just went a little bit crazy with him because artists can. Yeah, of course. Yeah, bring him to and, life. Yeah, and so um, I decided that the topiary bushes could be tea bushes because um, tea. I suppose is grown in the Caribbean yeah. and tea is so close to my heart because I love a cup of tea. <laughs> and, um, um, what else can I say? I love a cup of tea and um, I, I love logos because, you know, designers surround us with beautiful things yeah. um, in that you look at tea logos and, you know, Yorkshire tea is in a tea. Did you know yeah, that? Yeah, 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 yeah. The shape, T, which is marvellous because it's a very steady, solid shape. And you have, you know, Lipton's has, has um, a line that goes around a sort of oval and at the end of it, there's a tea leaf. That's it. Really yeah. neat. And then you have PG Tips, a lovely bushy thing there that's green and, and looks enticing. So I thought, all these gorgeous things should be there because, you know, tea drinking is close to our heart and everyone recognises these logos, even though they might not know what I'm talking about. You know, people walk past the sculptures and kind of um, looked at all this stuff and said, well, I'm from Yorkshire. Thinking, <laughs> well, you know, you might be from Yorkshire, but tea isn't. No. <laughs> so, I mean, I love you know, contradictions and things like that. So I mush all these things up into my work. And that's what I do. Well, I, I have to ask, you don't look or sound like a stereotypical metal worker stroke welder. So, yeah! so, <laughs> so, so how on earth did a person like yourself come into working and welding? Uh, I don't know, art school, I guess. Brilliant. And it's, you know, and it's independence. Because um, I used to make these um, um, kinetic things. I always used to ask the technician to help me weld up frames yeah. so that these um, motors could be held to do damage, um, <laughs> which I liked to do back in the day. And the man told me to, to go and learn how to weld. Do it yourself, Sakari, yeah. He said. Yeah. Of course. So I went on a two-week course and I learned how to weld in Bromley by Bow. Brilliant. In a, a sort of mechanics um, workshop. And it was myself and a French girl that went. Excellent. Um, we learned how to weld. And, um, and then I realised that metal is such a wonderful medium. It's great, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, you know, women wear more metal than men. Yeah. I mean, because we wear earrings and bracelets and, you know, even our bras have wires. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> say, you know, people say to me, oh, that's so foreign to, you know, Africans or women or blah, blah, blah. And I think, no. <laughs> <laughs> you haven't made your no, But I, I have made, made fearsome breasts before it met. Yeah, it's a brilliant... It's a brilliant medium to work in because some of the metals are so soft, they can literally be sort of moulded by hand, whereas others, yeah. you know, you need you need massive machines to bend well, them. Well, I believe in lightweight metal. 
because yeah. I can handle it. Um, yeah. So, you know, I'm, I'm not, you know, I don't believe in being a bruiser because I'm using metal because, you know, you can be sensible. Yeah, and brilliant. Just, you know, work on fine things. Yeah. Um, and yes, it is metal, but so what? Superb. And the, the oil drum, I know you use oil drum a lot in your work. Only because my MOT um, garage used to have to get rid of them. <laughs> they call me up and say, Socorro, oh, brilliant. you have a few barrels here. You want them? Because <laughs> I know Excellent. you've got a metal. <laughs> so it's free metal. But um, the serious side, yes. Um, I work with oil barrels because um, I was born in the River State in Nigeria. Oh, oh, of course, yeah, okay. And I was born on an island and um, it's so polluted now. Yeah. It's kind of um, horrible to go there, um, which is kind of sad, you know, global warming, immigration, yeah. All these things because of companies behaving badly. Yeah, they, they come um, in underneath the cloak of, of helping the community. They give everyone a job and then poison the nation. Yeah. So um, oil barrels um, tell that story. Yeah. And, you know, I, I'm a bit weird. I even like the design on the oil barrels. Yeah. No, I'm with you. I'm with you. Um, and um, you know, I, I do all kinds of. I've done all sorts of sculptures with oil barrels. Yeah. yeah. When I knew that you worked with oil barrels, I didn't know whether it was knowing that there was a fierce oil trade in West Africa. I also knew of the the Caribbean use of an oil drum with the, with the bands. So I yeah. didn't know in which direction it was going to come from, but I, I presumed it was one of those. And then when you said it was an MOT centre, that sort of threw my theory in, into the long grass. <laughs> you know. spin. Uh, no, it's spin. No, it's oil barrels are a really useful material because it's yeah. free. <laughs> and now with, you know, more, less polluting cars, the chaps at the garage don't use these particular oil barrels anymore. They've gone to sort of funny, smaller plastic containers. Yeah that they use for the cars. So they don't need me anymore. Oh, bless. <laughs> but you know, I've um, turned my attentions to tea. And how did your art journey start, Sakari? Did you have uh, creativity in the home growing up? Um, I had a, a peculiar upbringing. I, I was brought up by a man, um, my brother-in-law. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, he was an anthropologist and he arrived in the Niger Delta and um, I think he was kind of collecting masks for UCL or somewhere oh, okay. in London. And um, he was in the Delta kind of looking at our tribe and met my sister and they married and um, she... Um, became pregnant with twins and um, she needed company. So, you know, her baby sister was um, brought in to kind of help in the house and yeah, cool. her company and stuff. And that was me. And she died. Oh, okay. And the children died. Um, oh, wow. And this chap just had me <laughs> um, in um, a different part of Nigeria, quite far away from my parents. And um, he went back to my parents with me and said, you know, he didn't want to lose contact with the family after this kind of tragedy had happened to him. And my parents agreed and he brought me up. Um, from what so, age was that, Sakari, if you don't mind me asking? <laughs> from about five. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, so I was mailed back and forth in Nigeria and also... Um, he sent me to school here, boarding school, which, you know, his other friends were doing with their children um, because the Nigerian secondary schools weren't that great. So, yeah. Um, you know, full of sex and drugs and rock and roll. So he had That sounds to, all right to me. Yeah, he had to bring me to, to England to have sex and drugs and rock and roll. Oh, no, no. Well, if, before I ask any more questions about that, was it a, a happy situation for you? 
it was an incredible situation good, for me. Good. And um, then, well, that's what I was going to say. Then for, for, from an outsider looking into what you've just told me, um, your brother-in-law sounds quite a guy. Absolute angel. What a man. Yeah. Is he still with us? No, he, he died in 2019. Oh, okay. Well, but you know, my village buried him. Oh, beautiful. Yeah. Wow. He came out and there was kind of regattas and, um, you know, um, people dancing in our town square, all of them celebrating his life. Oh, what a brilliant story. Yeah. Oh, this could end there. What a beautiful story that is. Brilliant. Fantastic Thank guy. you for sharing that. Yeah. And sorry, so so you went to boarding school. I went here to in boarding school. And um it was a kind of artistic boarding school. And oh, nice. that, that showed me that I could actually do anything. Brilliant. Yeah. It was um school that doesn't exist anymore, but its philosophy was good for me. Um it was called Dartington Hall School wow. and it was in Devon. Yeah. And um, it had an art school, a drama school, um, and other kind of college orientated things on the grounds as well. So, as um, a child going to the regular ordinary school, you came across all kinds of different people. Yeah. And um, I think Lucian Freud went to art school there in the 30s or something. Oh, wow. So it was very, very arty. And, and near um, Totnes, our local town, which tried to make itself independent, an independent <laughs> kind of little nation, a bit like Brits Brixton having its own currency. And yeah, 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 yeah. It was kind of um, meant to be a very kind of um, conscious space in Devon. But, you know, they, it was just full of hippies, actually. Of course. <laughs> but, you know, they, they were easy for a child to get on with. So it was really good for me. And it's a shame the schools don't concentrate on the arts and culture uh, a little bit more because it can absolutely change change lives and, and the outlook on a life, can't it? Well, it's so empowering. Yeah. It, there's Because there's so many interpretations of life if you introduce art. Yeah. You know? I mean, I, I'd, I'd never had visual arts in, in my life till I was in, in my mid-20s. You know, it's, and, and it absolutely changed it changed me and my outlook 180 degrees, you know. Well, it gives you um, a different vocabulary. Oh, you know, all of us have something in that, you know, I'm dyslexic. I see things upside down and the wrong way around. And, you know, you tell me to go left and I'll go right, you know. Um, but that doesn't mean that my brain isn't ticking over. No. It's just doing it differently. When I saw that you used oil drum, you know, everyone knows an oil drum, so it's, it's such an inclusive object to use that can include people that have never been into a gallery or, you know, not even had an interest in art. So yeah. those that, um, you know, have had art in their life, all of their life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, oil drums um, have so much information. I, I've got, I don't know whether you can see it, Oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> brilliant. I've got, I've got a woman who's astride some oil drums here, and because she's got her legs wide apart, she's yeah. split these oil drums. Brilliant. And then I've got um, a piece that um, would be Michelangelo's painting on the Sistine Chapel, which is God rising out yeah, of some oil drums, and he's his hair is made of oil drums. And, um, you know, there's a conversation going on there and people can stand by it. Yeah. Um, and um, be created by God. Can you see me? Yeah, I can see. Can you still see me? Yeah, I can see you. Yeah, so God's created me. Brilliant. <laughs> you, you remember that program? Yeah, it just needs the little bit of electricity uh, between you two. <laughs> yeah. Was. So a lot of people come and they, they do funny stuff. So my work is normally a little bit over life size. It's never quite life size. 
It's so always do, do you weld in that studio? Uh, no, this is the kind of gallery area. Yeah. My workshop is next door. So I was going to say that's an extremely clean metalwork studio. Yeah, you should um, you should um, go on to my Instagram. I have lots of images of actually making those John Canoe characters. I did see that, but I didn't know whether that was your studio or somewhere you went to make them, if you know. No, 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 no. I, I have um, a, a design studio for myself. Brilliant. Perfect. Yeah, and it means I come downstairs and I can work. Excellent. And, and the idea was to have have babies and um, do all that you needed to do, but to work at home because Excellent. it cut travelling time and you know, things like that. Yeah, of course. And, and why not? Yeah, well, you have to plan your time in a city because there's a lot of time wasted getting to places. Yeah. So if you can have as much as everything you need in quite a tight pocket and 15 minute radius for, you know, shopping, school, that kind of thing is... You never have to leave the village, Sakari. Yeah, I love villages. <laughs> and, and that's what London is being turned into. Everywhere yeah. has a hub. And yeah. I'm quite excited about that because, yeah. you know, if you go to a different hub, it's like visiting another country. Of course. And can you remember when you wanted to become an artist? Yes. I wasn't any good at anything else, actually. <laughs> and um, my guardian, my brother-in-law, um, came from a family of artists. Same and his generation were, were told that they couldn't be artists because, you know, they'd have no money. Yeah. <laughs> so um, he passed that disease on to me. <laughs> you could do this. So um, I knew, I knew. I, I mean, the thing is, is that as a child, you know what things are, um, but you don't necessarily have the words for it. Right. Um, you know, my, my people don't really have a word for art, but they do a lot of kind of um, culturally interesting things. Yeah. Um, that would be called art and, and made a fuss of here, but it's just culturally interesting and what we do um, in the Delta. Um, but, you know, um, it, it's, it's nice to have conversations about different cultures. Yeah. Yeah. And it's nice to pull those in. And, and that's, that's a great way for us to, to visit other cultures is by looking at, at their art or... or and the their influences. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I mean, if only the explorers that kind of found the world had spent time with the local people to find the source of the Nile, because, of course, the locals knew where it was. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, Livingstone didn't have the time to ask. No, he was more interested in seeing what they could strip from that country they was in. <laughs> That's right. I mean, you, and you just think, he went and discovered where? And <laughs> yeah. there, were, <laughs> there were people there already. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> you know, it's like me going to Brixton and saying, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to put you on the map. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com spoken today. Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer and try Peloton risk-free with Peloton Rentals at onepeloton.com slash bike slash rentals. Sakari, so which piece that you've created do you think has got the strongest emotional connection? It changes. It does. Yeah. But, you know, I have, talking about oil barrels, I made a piece that is called a bus. It's called a battle bus. Yeah, I know. And it's been confiscated in Nigeria. Oh, is it? <laughs> well, how and why? Mm, well, 
it was this happened in 2015 but i made this piece which is a memorial to the writer and environmental activist ken sarawiwa have you heard of him i haven't no uh, well ken sarawiwa was africa's first environmental activist and in 1995 okay. um our uh president at the time thought that he had murdered some people this is a guy that wrote sitcoms and things okay. um, for television and had written the first book in pidgin english in nigeria and um, the president decided that he had arranged to kill some people now you know and a totally outrageous thing um because he was agitating for um, oil companies to take oil oh, out okay. in a more responsible manner like they would in the North Sea. Yeah. Um, but they, of course, weren't in Nigeria. And his people, who, who were called the Oguni, were losing their land and their water and everything that they needed to live. Um, so himself and eight others, who were doctors, lawyers, you know, people that were educated, and not murderers, um, were agitating to um, get something done about the oil company's way of extracting oil in Nigeria. I, I do, I do know sentenced. this story now, you're saying it actually. They were sentenced and hung. Yeah, yeah. And um, Penn decided that this chap ought to be remembered and the Oguni Nine ought to be remembered. So there was a competition out here in England to come up with a, a memorial for him. And I put forward an idea and they they decided to go with it. I, I wanted, you know, uh, uh, a bus, a battle bus, a bit like our, you know, Brexit 300, whatever, whatever we were gonna have, you know, campaign bus. Or, That's gonna know, save the world. Yeah, uh, it was meant to be that kind of bus. Um, so it would arrive in places and educate. And I made this piece and on its, um, the logo on its body was, I accuse the oil companies of practicing genocide against the Oguni, which was something that Ken Sarawua said in one of his last interviews on ITV or something. Cause you know, I read a lot of stuff about him yeah. and, um, you know, cobbled those words together and I cut it out of the um, steel yeah, nice. um, so that you could actually see through the bus because it was just a container <clears throat> that looked like a bus. Um, so I made this thing with the lettering and the lettering um, could be seen around the bus. And if you looked into the, um, the bus, the container, the lettering reflected the right way up and was reflected on the inside and would be wandering around the bus nice. and I thought wow and I didn't design that yeah um, it's just something that happened and it seemed to be a perfect thing for yeah. a writer a memorial to a writer and that that piece um, that's the creative gods looking down on you Shikari. oh my god it's just absolutely beyond me. Brilliant. Yeah. And um, so that, that piece resonates quite a bit. Good. Especially now that it's been um, silenced. And, and how was it silenced? The commissioners were a group called Platform. Very, very okay. interesting group um, who are writers and artists and activists. And they... Um, decided that it would be a good idea to send this thing to Nigeria to educate and agitate and to make sure that um, the the oil companies kept their work clean yeah to help clean up the Delta region and this thing was going to be sent off to Ken's village um, in the Niger Delta and it arrived and the head of customs at the moment in Nigeria was one of the judges that sentenced him and the Oh my God. <laughs> wow. So it was like, you know, this these people coming back to haunt this guy. And so he, so he said, 
Exactly. It clamped it down. and So it never, it never even got out of the customs area? No, nobody knows where it Brilliant. is. You won't allow anybody to see it. Brilliant. Yeah, shocking. I think it's a beautiful end for it because it just sums up the authority in that region and what happened. Again, they've, they've, they've yeah. tried to silence it again. Yeah. Scared of a lump of metal, eh? <laughs> yeah, conscious, con conscience coming back. To bite them. Exactly, beautiful. Yeah. And uh, yeah, everyone loves a bit of uh, a little bit of protest art. It must have made such a sharp cut to that, that guy's uh, mind, oh, mustn't it, it for, yeah. for him to do that? Yeah. Because that, that's personal, isn't it? That isn't him going through the process to try and stop no. it coming in for whatever reason. No. You've, you've bitten him on the arse quite hard when, he, when it turned up at the customs. That is beautiful. I love yeah. it. Absolutely love it. Sakari, wow. if there was you and five other artists, past or present, what would your ideal group show be? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't like other artists. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> um, I don't know. Maybe you should get a job in Nigerian customs. <laughs> Stop any artwork Elof. coming in. Seal off any competition. <laughs> um, well, at the moment I'm showing with Rodin. Oh, that, that's not bad. That's not bad. No, that's all right. That'll, that'll do for starters, won't it? Work and go, <laughs> pinch, pinch. <laughs> Are you showing with Rodin? Oh, my God. Um, yeah. So, um... It wouldn't be straightforward artists. I mean, I'd love to show with them because I'm part of something at the V&A called Africa, Africa Fashion okay. at the moment. And it's a fantastic show. Fantastic. Um, so I wouldn't mind showing with, you know, fashion designers. Yeah. And um, I'd also like to show with um, people that that choreograph dance things. So nice. an artist like that would be thrilling. Would you bring back your kinetic art for to work with dancers? No, it was instead of dancers. Oh, okay, fair enough. Yeah, but you know, to be in an exhibition with, you know, a choreographer that could put something fantastic on, yeah, um, would be great. To um, um, be in a space with a fantastic photographer because photography is phenomenal and then there's video artists that are fantastic really really moving stuff people have put forward so um there's all kinds of art and of course you know you could end it with a little bit of food at the side by some fantastic chef nice and um, those are the kind of people i'd like to show with <laughs> That sounds pretty good to me. Yeah, it would be, yeah, it would be an ideal world. Excellent. And and if you wasn't an artist, Sakari, what do you think you'd like to be? If I wasn't an artist. I mean, you're already a welder, so I'd, I'd, I can't even imagine what the answer might be. <laughs> Never been asked that question. I'd like to rule the world. Make way for your ego. Make way. <laughs> ego coming through. <laughs> Mind you, that's what Boris said he wanted to do when he was um A little when he was boy. younger, isn't it? King King of the World. That's it. <laughs> you can take down Boris. That that wouldn't be bad. Oh, uh, he, he's an extraordinary man. Yes, and it's nice to see the back of him, I think. We haven't. Yeah, I know. And I don't think we ever will, Sakari. Yeah. I mean, you know, I met him once and um, the person that I was with tried to encourage me to talk to him, you know, because he was mayor and all that and meant to be nice. And he, he talked about whether, you know, I could make an equestrian statue of him. <laughs> <laughs> wow. 
And I just thought, wow, he, because he said there are other empty flip plinths in Trafalgar Square. And he thought that he looked good on a horse. He said it seriously in his wow, whatever way he talks. That's scary, isn't it? I don't think that is the kind of um, world that I would like. No. The kind of world I would like is, you know, 60 plus people used to think that we would be environmentally conscious, people conscious, um, country conscious, culture conscious when we reached our 60s, especially old age now, uh, we thought that was the kind of world we were heading for um, back in the day, you know. And it's our generation that's created this thing. Yeah. And it's just the saddest thing. So yes, I would have liked all those dreams to be practiced now. Um, that's not a bad thing. Yeah. I, it, it's not, it's not, it's old, old lady saying, yeah, this is what I, I hoped for. So that, that's my version of ruling the world, yeah. Then that's, that's a beautiful way to rule it, to make sure that everything good that we dreamed of comes yeah. to fruition. We did, we did dream really good dreams. So I don't understand why we're here. It's just so strange, it's so unreasonable. Yeah. Do you know what? My daughter studies things to do with data. Yeah. And uh, because data is designed by white men, um, when the apps are taken to somewhere like Africa, they, they get a bit wibbly-wobbly because they don't recognise, um, you know, um, corrugated iron shacks or yeah, whatever yeah. doesn't make sense. Yeah. The app. Um, and, you know, there's there's... Not that there's not no paving, but there's so many people you can't see the paving. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, there's noise, traffic, and all the things, or it's too green or something. So the machine goes, <laughs> and she um she um records this stuff um onto um and prints it up um 3D printing and comes out with the strangest images of the environment in um, places like Sierra Leone, which is yeah. really poor, and um, shows that as art. And it's just the wonderful thing that even, even when things don't work, we can learn and see how biased data can be and have a conversation about it. It's really interesting. When you started that bit of the conversation, I had no idea that it was going to end by saying it was an artwork. Well, art, art can be information, you know. Of course. Yeah. And speaking of art, your homage to the carnival, where can it be seen? It can be seen outside the design museum. Brilliant. In, in the borough that stages the carnival, which is just amazing. You know? It is. Except it's the posh bit and, and they... <laughs> They don't generally see the wonderful bottoms and feathers that we saw. <laughs> but you know, all of that is um, the pleasure, yeah, of the of borough. course. Sakari, is there anything you've got coming up that, that you'd like to tell anyone about? I've got a piece which is called All the World is Now Richer. Oh, nice. Yeah, and um, it's. Um, uh, a commemoration of the abolition of slavery. And I hope to raise funds to have this piece um, in Burgess Park, where a tiny kind of group have decided um, they can get planning permission for it. Oh, nice. So we actually have a site. Now I just have to do my utmost to find money to turn this thing into bronze. And um, that is a, a mountain to climb. And how big is it? And what is it, if, if I could ask? It's, um, excuse me, it's um, six figures um, made of mild steel that are ready to cast into bronze. There has been a prototype outside the mayor's office when Boris was mayor. You know, that was, was that 2012? No, I think it was 2010. It was outside Boris's place. Um, 
in Potter's Field for a year, and he said he never saw it. Wow. He turns a blind eye to a lot of stuff, though, doesn't he? <laughs> <laughs> for a whole year. And the prototype was outside his place. Brilliant. And um, these figures, there's six of them. There's a man dressed in traditional clothing, and there are words that go behind him as if, you know, it's a, it's a shadow of him. And the words say, from our rich ancestral life. And then the next figure is there. We were bought, sold and used. And then the third figure, but we survived. The fourth figure, we were brave. Um, <laughs> no, it's but we were strong. Um, we survived. All the world is now richer. We were brave. We were strong. All the world is now richer. Got it all mixed up. But, you know, um, six figures with these lines um, talking about bravery and strength. Yeah. And how the city of London that we live in is fantastically rich and one of the richest in the whole world. Um, on the back of slavery. So when we think about slavery, we should also think of the bravery of these people that survived. Yeah, yeah, and, you know, when I look around me at Caribbean people with slave heritage, it is me from Africa. Yeah. Um, and um, I don't find it, um, I don't find it as upsetting as they do, supposedly. Yeah. But of course it's upsetting because anyone enslaved that just shouldn't happen, should it? Of Anyone course enslaved, not. No. Um, should be kind of honoured, respected, checked out to see how they <laughs> are getting on, should have some sort of respect, some kind of place in history because it, it's global history. And there's a chance of doing this in London at an entrance to a park. And, um, you know, my idea is that the people will rollerblade around it and the figures stand in a line as if they're bollards. We have some yeah. bollards in London. These <laughs> are more attractive bollards. Was it shown anywhere else, uh, Akari? Because I'm sure I've seen this. I'm, I'm, it was I'm, shown in uh, the House of Commons. Okay. And it was shown well, in, um, in St. St. Paul's. I was going to say in, St. Paul's. Yeah, it was shown in St. Paul's. But this is it in the House of Commons. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure I've seen that, but it wasn't in the House of Commons. But, I'm, you know, my, my campaign has been going on, trying to find a site for 11 years now. It, this thing has toured, and it was in Bristol Cathedral. Nice. And at Bristol Cathedral, it was standing on slavers, and the um, curate or priest or whoever in a frock came and said this is a really cathartic moment because the, these slave um, figures are standing on slavers superb yeah so um it's had contact good and good. it's even been to venice it was in venice in 2017 oh nice the diaspora pavilion it was called which is an amazing pavilion of artists from all over the planet that happened to live in London. I, I was given a little bit of money um, and a film was made of these figures standing on, in a boat in the, the canal coming. Oh, nice. Yeah, it was, nice. it was amazing. Because it kind of reminded people of refugees or whatever. Brilliant. I want people to be standing tall and proud and to be remembered. Perfect, Yeah. perfect. Sakari, how can anyone find what you do online, be it website or social media? Um, just my Instagram is Sakari Douglas Kemp, one word. And um, I have a website which is www.sakari.co.uk. Perfect. Well, Sakari, thank you very much for your time. I really do appreciate it and I've loved speaking to you. And I hope you have a beautiful rest of the day. You too. It's, it's been lovely starting it with you. <laughs> oh, thank you. All the very best. Take Speak care. Speak to you soon. Bye-bye. Okay. Bye. Hello. 
I'm Vasalia Chilton, the Director of Kensington Chelsea Art Week and Art Trail. The artist you've just been listening to is part of the Kensington Chelsea Art Week and Art Trail. The Art Trail starts on the 18th of June and ends on the 31st of August. You can find all the details on our website, kcaw.co.uk. Thank you so much for listening. Well, hope you enjoyed that episode of the Ministry of Arts podcast. So we wasn't dictated to by advertisers, we decided from the offset to go ad-free, which means obviously we had to self-fund. So we set up the Ministry of Arts Patreon page. And without that support, we would not be able to produce this podcast. So if you like what you hear and you're able to support the podcast, just go over to the Ministry of Arts Instagram profile. You'll find a Linktree drop-down box, which will direct you straight to our Patreon page. And for the price of a cup of coffee, you can help keep us growing week by week. But if you're not able to do that, that's fine because this content is free for everyone. But leaving a review on whichever platform you listen to your podcast, that really does help us get noticed and anyone else looking for an art podcast. Or even giving us a positive shout out on your social media. Everything is appreciated. But either way, thanks for listening. And until next week, Zadar. This is Danny Pellegrino, host of the Everything Iconic podcast, and I'm here to tell you all about Splash Refresher, because hydration is mandatory, but boring is not. Now, I love my water, but if I don't spice it up, I'm not going to finish what I took out of the fridge. That's why I love my Splash Refresher, which is flavorful, delicious, bright, hydrating, and zero calories. The wild berry flavor is my fave. No, wait. Is the pineapple mango flavor my fave? You know what? All five craveable Splash Refresher flavors are my fave because they're so delicious. So get hydrated and enjoy it with Splash Refresher. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most. But if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.